0: Show Show us us your your love, baby, and you've dialed in to the heavyweight, heartbreaker, heart baby.
1: Welcome to the first ever Heavyweight Heartbreaker Hotline brought to you by Brad Tannen, Hugo Bloom, the Heavyweight
0: Heartbreakers. And as Hugo said, we welcome you to the first of the weekly podcasts from the Heavyweight Heartbreakers. What can you expect? You can expect the best news, reviews, all the good stuff when it comes to the British wrestling and even the best guests. Oh, yeah. And
1: this week... That's right, we're going to be sharing stories with you about where it all began for us. So where our inspirations came from, where we started training and everything about the early days of the heavyweight heartbreakers.
0: And it's time for this week's Who's Hot and Who's Not. Each week we'll give a shout out and love to somebody we think deserves it and we'll be giving the thumbs down to someone or something that doesn't. And this week's Who's Hot well, it's between two people, actually, breaking the rules straight away. First shout-out's got to go to Matt Hardy, the man that just keeps reinventing himself. This time, showing up in AEW, can't wait for his programme with Chris Jericho. And the second's got to be Joe Wicks. His PE classes watched by nearly a million people, keeping the nation fit and safe and healthy during this, this weird time. And there's only one thing that can be not this week, and it's got to be COVID-19 the sooner we see the back of this the better keep safe everyone and that was this week's who's hot and who's not so this week's topic of conversation
1: is all around how the heavyweight heartbreakers started sharing stories with you about where our inspirations came from where we trained where we first where we first started in the ring so Brad I think I know some of this already about you. Um but tell me a bit more about sort of your influences uh and and why
0: you got into wrestling. Okay. Um so I actually started quite late um as it comes um to to things it started at the ripe old age of 27 I was just about turned 28 um doing a Goldberg um and yeah, started at uh, the training school associated with um Ultimate British Wrestling, um, at the time run by um Paul Ash, who's still heavily involved, and uh Darren Cruz Nottingham. Um yeah. Um it was just off the back of of moving back to the area from, from living away, um and wanting to translate some of the physical stuff I've been doing in the gym over to a, an active sport as such, um, yeah. Um, so rocked up to Brooks Gym in in Hitchin and then and, and met met your lovely self, Hugo. Um, yeah. And, and I,
1: I remember when you joined because um, you didn't join on your own. There was there was what three four of you that joined at the time, I think. All, all well, certainly we all in. Yeah, I think it was in about two, two three months.
0: Weeks. Yeah, um, I think it started. Um, with um, uh, Tommy Kyle um, and moved on to uh, uh, who else came at that time
1: Paddy O'Connor,
0: O'Connor. Yeah. and Robbie Boy we all we all started kind of within the first, like the same sort of block of time and um, it was a class of well we used to joke it was the class of what was it being now 2016 yeah um, yeah and we all kind of well moved on and, and learned together and and yeah um they were good early days um it's a hot sweaty gym in the summer um Terrible. yeah it was, was, it was it was the worst <laughs> it's like um, A greenhouse yeah 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 but um yeah it was it was it were good days no ring no ring of course um all judo mats and crash mats and a Thai boxing ring, which we weren't ever allowed to touch. God, if you um, bumped in that, Cruz would have killed you. I think um, it would have killed your back as well, wouldn't
1: it? My very first session, uh, so when I started back in Jan 2013 at that same school, uh, I started actually with a good friend of mine from school. Um, he doesn't wrestle anymore, but I remember taking a bump just a flat back bump in that ring before I was told not to. And it (laughs) winded the absolute crap out of me. And I think in in the same bump, I actually bit my tongue also. It was, yeah, it was not, not great. Um, It was actually rich and famous now wrestles a sunset skip um, that instructed me to do that. And then as I, as I actually took the bump, he looked at me and sort of, you know, sort of said, it must don't, have been... don't bump. It was,
0: it if was it, horrible. If it was sunset, it must have been a rib, right? No.
1: Well, no. We, we, we were just doing some tech exchanges, me and my friend, and it was a, a reversal out of a waist lock. So my friend took the leg through the middle, pulled my leg out from underneath me. Obviously, I took the back bump, and that was that. Winded the absolute crap out of me. Um, <laughs> But that's that's sort of where we started in terms of that school. I mean, when I I first started back there, it was, um, Ash wasn't on the scene again then yet. It was just Cruz and Rich and Famous. Um, But the school had already been running for a few years. Um, But tell me about um, your early influences, Brad, and sort of any childhood stories, watching wrestling, maybe doing what you shouldn't have been doing
0: and wrestling at home. I mean, I'll say it to, to all the fans and kids these days, but never try it at home. But, of course, as a carefree 10-year-old, you're always jumping off the sofa. Um, that's how it kind of started with me as well. Um used to uh, wrestle with, with my brother and friends at the time. Um would occasionally break out a bit of furniture to so break over <laughs> someone's back, you know. Um, like a like a really, really lame Mick Foley start, you know. Um and, of course, you'd watch it every week on the telly. Um, I, was, I was a big WF uh, man, but I was also very, very fond of a bit of WCW back in the day. Um, no,
1: did WCW ever air on Channel 5? Uh,
0: no, I, thinking, I don't think it did. I'm, was, it might have done very briefly. Yeah,
1: I was thinking but, about this the other day, and I was thinking, I remember watching some sort of wrestling on Channel 5 at some point.
0: See, now and, I, I had a, when I was living at Back at back at my parents' house. Um, uh, my best friend was was essentially my next door neighbour and he was probably a year or two older than me, but he had full the full sky package, not only had terrestrial TV, so I could only get the free Channel Four Sunday Night Heat and the occasional pay per view they ran. Um good old Royal Rumble two thousand. <laughs> um, um but he used to have uh, the full Sky package, so he would have WCW on all the time. He'd have uh, Monday Nitro and also Monday Raw, and would just give me all the tapes that he's recorded. So, yeah, I was a big, wow. big, big, big lover of WCW back in the day.
1: Bit, um, of V8, bit of VHS action,
0: our mate. Like it was, it was one-way tape trading. He used to give me all his tapes, and then I'll <laughs> just give it back to him to re-record, re-record over the following week. Um, yeah, and then obviously, well, going into childhood influences, as you just said, was. Probably biggest in WCW was Goldberg. Um, just, just the aura of the man um, was was something different at the time. And the WWF influence would have been The Rock. Um, cliche, I know, um, but his ego and character was was what um, it's what really f- drew me in.
1: It's the full package, isn't it? Like when, when you actually watch them, it's it's how they engage you as a as a young fan, and obviously both those two had huge, huge characters. I mean, that's why they're both top of the game at their respective times, so.
0: Yeah, they were kind of just made you stand up and, and take notice. Um, the Rock, just because of his, his, how charismatic he is, obviously that's shown through today with him now being global mixed he is. Um, and Goldberg's obviously got a lasting appeal because I mean, he's obviously due to, to headline WrestleMania with would have been Roman Reigns, but obviously that's now not happening, but um, yeah um, so yeah they were my two big back in the day how about you Hugo so I remember watching wrestling again
1: as a young as a young chap uh, Saturdays Sundays yeah it was, I think Philosophy was one of the shows you had Smackdown highlights Raw highlights and then Sunday Sunday Night Heat um and so I'm I'm one of six children in my family. Uh and I've got three brothers, so as you can imagine, that was chaos. Um I'm pretty sure actually there was a, five out of the six of us were all into wrestling, including my younger sister. And <laughs> we we would have we would create our own entrance from the upstairs of the house. The stairs were the entranceway, we'd play the music. As, as you made your way down the entranceway <laughs> through the hall into the living room and the living room was the arena okay nice you'd, nice you'd take a couple of steps into your living room pretend you're going through the ropes it, it was it was very detailed oh wow you put a lot of production we, we, effort into that we did it was high level production right there um and yeah it was it was good
0: fun uh to creating, be fair we- with what's going on in the world right now, I'm missing making an entrance myself. I'm tempted to start doing that just down, every time I go down the stairs just to just to really annoy the misses. Everyone should record their own entrances into okay. the living room. That's it. Whoever's listening to this now, we challenge you to recreate your, your entrance or pick a wrestler, your favourite wrestler, and, and recreate their entrance coming down the stairs um, whilst into you're in isolation into the living room bit of fun whilst you're self-isolating and distancing
1: there's there's um, two two things that you must do when you do this okay you've got to pretend to be clapping the fans hands as you walk into the living room side yep. of the ramp okay and you must pretend to get in the ropes and then climb a piece of furniture which is then the turnbuckle okay these these in fact these three things were all mandatory back
0: in the day okay and yeah. how about that so next week Whoever submits them or tags us on Facebook or Instagram, whatever your favourite social media platform is, we'll give you a shout out next week for the best. Um, what, what can we call it? Best, best household entrance. Yeah. Oh. Um, just, just to fill that gap of, of, of wrestling currently being on hold, like the rest of the world. I'm,
1: uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to that now. Wrestling in your house. So, so who is your?
0: Who, who was your first who was your favourite um wrestler's entrance to mock then as a kid? Oh god. Um
1: well obviously the rock, as you mentioned, you did the whole eyebrow up on up on the sofa and pretend that you flicked a belt over your arm and it tropes down your back. Um Triple H was also a very animated entrance. Nice. Uh, didn't get as far as actually spitting water out in the living room. I think I'd have been shot. Um but that, those two, yeah,
0: attitude Atreus era in general. Um, with, so, with... I've just I've just remembered I've got indoor fireworks somewhere, so I might have to dig them out and oh, try and go no. for a, a, a Goldberg Gilberg situation. <laughs> um, yeah, so try not burn the house down. Um, but anyway, going back to to early influences and trainers. Um, where did you start your training then? If it was not at um, at UBW's school.
1: Uh, Well, it was at what is now um, the UBW school. It it wasn't UBW at the time. Um, So UBW um, I created in in 2013, but later on in the year. So it was actually a school owned and run by uh, Cruz and Rich and Famous. They they, they previously ran classes in Letchworth, um, moved it to Hitchin. um, And yeah, so it was a standalone wrestling school rather than a school tied to a specific or owned by a specific promotion. So
0: I know you've mentioned in the past that you did training elsewhere, but beforehand, maybe at the same sort of time. Um, Was it Danny Collins? Was it?
1: Yeah. So Danny boy Collins, obviously world of sport fame. Um, He ran a number of weekenders up in uh, Lincolnshire, up where he uh, lives. Um, Very intense weekenders. So you'd go up, you'd train on the Saturday, uh, long, long hours. Uh, then you'd go out as a team on the Saturday evening um and then uh carry on on the Sunday and then yeah could break down and go home Sunday afternoon evening so just trying to recall some of the guys that I first actually my first meeting uh with, with certain wrestlers were actually at those schools so um Carl Atlas I I first met at um Danny Boy Collins's school Chuck Cyrus, uh, Toby Clements. I first met there, Jack stars. So again, all really good, uh, well-trained huge names. Obviously Jack stars is doing yeah, really good for himself now in WWE NXT just, just before his injury there. Um, but yeah, huge talent. So it just goes to show the quality of the training, yeah, um, too right. but it's, it's a big shame when Danny closed his doors for his, uh, training school because um, there was a lot of a lot of demand for it obviously coming from someone of his caliber and pedigree so um, yeah Yeah, big big, big shame Um, but otherwise yeah I sort of trained about obviously the um, UVW school was the the main place I trained um, but it was always good to get about. In fact, one of the other places um, in and around the same time was a promotion called South Midlands Wrestling. It's no longer uh, operating, but it was run run by a, a chap called Sean uh, Tofield. Okay, that's where I first met the likes of Cy Gregory, uh, Liam Hamlet as well. Uh, Kent Kent Nelson also started out, I believe, at South Midlands. Um, but they were; those were some good uh, good days as well. Um, and doing some shows in the uh, working men's clubs around sort of Bletchley, Milton Keynes area. Nice. Yeah.
0: So, a question for you then: Hugo. go talking about learning. Who's your um, your favourite ever seminar you've mm. ever attended?
1: Um, favourite seminar. Blimey. I mean,
0: I'm, I'm instantly thinking to back to last summer to Tajiri's in you know, a Malta we did. That, um, was, that, was, that was a hot experience. Yeah. Well, hot for a number of reasons. Yeah. <laughs> the fact that the hole
1: was probably about 38 degrees, um, probably had something to do with it. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure just tying your boots
0: would break a sweat. Yeah. We were already yeah. Dripping, dripping wet. Uh,
1: that was, yeah, pretty good. Um, Again a very much very different style to what I'd sort of learned up until that point hadn't really done a lot of Japanese sort of influence um, I hadn't really trained much in in that sort of way. It was uh, very technical, wasn't it yeah but it was, it wasn't the same as your sort of standard british technical no 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 That's training um, but yeah Tajiri was good. Uh, obviously, Johnny Storm is a fantastic trainer. If, if you've ever trained with um, one of the best, uh, both Johnny and Jody at the same time, their seminars are a second to none. Also, recently, um, fortunate enough to train under Joel Redman, so one half of the first NXT UK, sorry NXT uh, original tag team champions with Pack, uh, yeah, Adrian Neville at the time. Um, fantastic again is huge huge influence at the moment Uh, hugely popular on the British scene and of course working in Japan so yeah very fortunate to learn off of all these guys that have sort of stooped in history and and, you know great experience basically they're they're all huge achievers in the the scene not just in this country either so it's definitely uh, definitely up there for me I mean, Brad, um, obviously, we both know the stories about, you know, the Young Lions program that Will Osprey operated originally. It was first first time what? So, 2018, where we both tried out. Unfortunately, that was where I sustained yeah my torn ACL injury. Um, and that put me on the bench for a little while whilst I had that operated on. But... Obviously, you advanced through that process, and I believe mm-hmm. you had some quite interesting seminars and some training sessions off the back of that.
0: Yeah, um, and then getting onto that program was was an experience in itself. Many many talented workers on there. Um, you know, big names now: uh, Scotty Davis, um, Progress Tag Team Champ. You know, um, CJ Carter, um, uh, Nico. Um, he's doing really well for himself. Um, yeah, some really good names, but I mean that was a lot. of That was down to the the quality of seminars that he said that we had, and obviously Will himself is one of the best, if not the best, um, in the world at the moment. Um, but we had seminars with Tony Storm, uh, Zach Saber Jr., um, Jimmy Havoc, um, just to name a few. It was um, yeah, really incredible experience for me. Uh, only a year and a half in at the time, and, yeah, learning from guys that that some that now have gone on or were. And still are, you know, some of the best in the world. So yeah, that was that was a mad, mad, mad time for me, um, and obviously learned a lot in that that year. It was kind of a great year, um, and obviously alongside that, working young line duty for the frontline shows, shows um, was again was a huge learning curve. Um, really opened my eyes up to to different styles. Um, uh, was, yeah, different styles of wrestling, um, all, all different. Um, attitudes and characters and yeah just the way that the show obviously we me and you have worked shows in front of you know 10 people um like everyone has and seeing the the production quality for the frontline shows um under will was just phenomenal like the um yeah the the the, the attention the detail he goes into is, is 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 really really something else um but yeah so yeah learning under will and was was this was especially um a very very good time for me, um, yeah, and pushed pushed me to do stuff that I'm not, you know, not had not tried before or wasn't particularly comfortable doing. Being a somewhat of a bigger guy in the and zone.
1: and that's what I think um, goes goes for a lot of the individuals that we've had train us actually, um, in terms of being a sort of common theme across them. It's it's that ability to put you out of your comfort zone, but reassure you at the same time that you know it's safe it's tried it's tested um so also thinking in that same category obviously that, that's that's something that johnny um believes believes in and sort of um trains in his seminars but also looking back to early 2018 so us going down to what's now the quality training training school rishi yeah, oh yeah, rishi yeah and raj
0: Ghosh. um we did their first ever week long seminar as uh, a sort of a trial run for for Reach, um, and that's so we did that. So it was
1: four of us, wasn't it? It's, it's you and yeah. I, uh, Astrid the Viking, yep. and Carl Atlas again. It
0: was, yeah, yeah. Um, with a guest appearance from each day. Who were those? Curtis Chapman on one day. Um, is it Dan Head?
1: Dan Head, yeah.
0: Um, and of course Raj. Um, yeah, again that. Very much like the, the Young Lions program was kind of a massive eye opener, and going back to what we were saying about Malta, that was a hot summer. That was, and we were in that um, the what is now the Portsmouth training academy um, lockup area they've got, and that was that was sweltering hot that whole whole week. <laughs> um, yeah, that was that was an intense week.
1: Yeah. So, in terms of looking back then, uh, the sort of core training staff then. In both of our careers um obviously both had a, have a lot to credit uh paul ash with oh definitely uh, for for many years under the under the new u b w um the training set yeah um down at brooks gym uh since moved obviously to to henlow uh now branded u b w square one but yeah paul ash for for many years has and still continues to teach us uh new things. Uh Cruise, obviously for a number of years. Uh now Sunset Skip um for a number of years. But also outside of that home promotion then so we've got Rishi. Um again, not not just that, that week long but continued
0: trips back and forth. Oh yeah. Whenever you see seeing Rich. them
1: before shows and
0: yeah he yeah, He's always them. You can always learn something from What Just watching his matches, his psychology is, is is second to none. And let's say if you've catched five minutes with him, he's always willing to give you his thoughts and an idea or whatever you've got going on at the moment. Yeah. yeah.
1: Carl Atlas as well. Uh, moves oh, that inc- first. Yes. Yeah. Moves incredibly well for such a, such a, such a wrestler. Um, obviously, he's not your stereotypical flyer in terms of his build, but by God some of the things that guy can do, uh the speed and the agility that, that guy has is incredible. Yeah, um, we've we've been very like,
0: share the ring with him quite a few times. Massively yeah.
1: underrated and yeah, yeah working with him uh in in a in a match environment as
0: well is, is incredible. Um I think you're yeah, gonna... him and him and Mad Dog stand the opposite you at the ring is is a very daunting, but exciting um, prospect.
1: So, before we started tagging, obviously I had some tag experience, um, and I'd wrestled um, Carl and Mad Dog uh, previously. But it was actually the Beards that they they were the first uh, opponents for the Heavyweight Heartbreakers, right?
0: They were indeed for so Kapow Wrestling um, back in December seventeen. I think it was two thousand seventeen. Um, uh, Scout Hall um, classic the classic venue for 2018 for British wrestling it was, wasn't it was it 2018 yeah no
1: um, no
0: 2017 you're right it was, track, yeah sure. yeah. Um, yeah we um, we Little had ha- a um, Little Hampton yes yeah yeah that's, that that's, that's that's right yeah we had a Corker of a match with, with Beards um, still still Probably what was it? Twice a year, I think we end up having having meeting them, and each time it just gets. I think it's every time it, it's even more fun and hard hitting each and every time. Really,
1: I'd, I'd say more so. Uh, yeah, we've we've met them a number of times at Premier yeah. a number of times. Um,
0: yeah, Kapow elsewhere. Well, now we've got those um, ultimate British wrestling titles. Let's let's see see what what the future brings. Maybe who knows? Who knows? But yeah but yes, so it all started for us as a tag team, as you were saying in december twenty seventeen um that was very much off the back of of training with rich uh, in the September and August of that year, and then working together in 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 different vices during the autumn, which led to us as you say taking this idea and um uh, we had um and taking it through to to an actual team um and yeah, as you said, it kind of started then and then that that snowball's just been rolling ever since, and it's just it's just gained momentum and got bigger and bigger somehow. Like you know, I didn't really have like a set target, but it's just kind of kept rolling. And um, yeah, it's been a it's been a mad. What is it? Nearly well, Over two years now? Uh, three years almost? Is it? Can't be three years, surely?
1: Uh, well, at the end of this year, it will be. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. It's two, and, two and a half. Um. But, yeah, so we started off against Team Beard um, and then we were lucky enough to, to have some high-profile dates. I think did we do the Rev Pro Rumble that year as well at the, the Batten Centre? Yeah, that was um, in the, the Jan, I think, of 2018. Yeah. And we really just cut our teeth in that year, as you say, in 2018. Well, um, up until... Well, as, a, as a team, I mean, yeah.
1: Up until I blew my knee out mid-year, but... Um,
0: <laughs> fuck, yeah.
1: Yeah. So yeah, considering that little setback, that wasn't was too bad. But I mean we we can talk about um setbacks and injuries and stuff like that in a in a in a future episode. But um yeah, those definitely. early days, man, like just, just reminiscing now, making you sort of think about all those early inspirations and trainers and just this, just the different way that, you know, people ran their training sessions as well really inspiring
0: there's there's Um, not one one, one right way to do anything in wrestling which I kind of always loved and you can learn um, so many things from one one particular source or trainer or worker and then you can go somewhere else and have that flips 90 degrees and also keep that in mind but then learn something completely different and then you know using all the different pieces you can kind of build your own puzzle up and build that into the character you you want to be and the style that you want to work um yeah, it is um it's you can't cannot express how how important it is to go out and learn as many people as you can.
1: Yeah. I think that's why I enjoy sort of coaching and training people now. Um, is to impart not only what I learnt coming through but also what I've learnt out and about, um, working in different environments, different places. Uh, very very lucky to have worked in other countries as well um and seen the way that they do stuff um in those countries so um very very useful and yeah it's quite fulfilling to be able to impart some knowledge um on the next running of guys coming through
0: yeah so square one's doing some some really good work and so you're at the forefront of that um Producing some real, some real exciting talent. Um, What's your um, your first childhood memory of live wrestling? Then Hugo. Oh, so
1: I didn't. I wasn't fortunate enough to. um, Well, in fact, oh, my first. There we go. Now I remember. So my first, my first ever live show, I think, was actually in the old Hitchin Town Hall. Oh God! Don't quote me on year, but it would have been maybe late nineties, maybe late nineties, early two thousands. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with late nineties, and it was uh, at the time where the the WWF inspired shows were <laughs> absolutely rife, and uh, there was there was a fake Stone Cold. There nice. Was, uh, I've got an old, and again this will tell you the age of it, but an old Polaroid picture in the ring with the uh, the Mock Undertaker, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that was uh, so. My mum took me, my two brothers, uh, my sister along to this in the Hitchin Town Hall, and I remember. I think there was a cage match in there as well, and maybe the uh, there was a a Bubba Ray and a Spike Dudley. So it was around that sort of time. Um, so it was,
0: if we've got a cage, it's high production, you know.
1: It was, and it was it's a great venue. But then the venue got um, closed down for a, a large number of years as it got renovated. But um,
0: what's yeah. that? Now? Is it still there? Is it? Oh, what is it, the building now?
1: No, it's, it's still there. It's still there. Um, but yeah, that that was my first live experience.
0: You, so, yeah. I think you, I, I think you mentioned a polaroid there you can have to you're going to have to upload that I think dig that out and scan that in. God, uh, I'll need to find it. And see if we can we can point out who the worker was. <laughs> and I I've You know what since
1: uh since starting so when I started back in 2013 I remember finding that picture and trying to look at it and trying to sort of think, you know. Sorry, it was actually after 2013. I I looked at the picture because I'd had a couple of years by that point where I'd met and known and interacted with quite a few people on the scene. So I was thinking, oh, was it someone I knew, like <laughs> someone <laughs> I know now that that was their previous
0: uh, get out Yeah, <laughs>
1: no, it, 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 I, I didn't recognize him. So uh,
0: you have How to dig you? it out. Dig it out. Uh, well, I've got a very similar story. Um, my first um, experience of live British wrestling was, was on the camp scene. Um, we used to go to these holiday camps back in the day. Um there was one up near Yarmouth in Hopton. Um and it was yeah, just the the, the, the rest thing comes once a week to the to the holiday camp sort of thing. And um yeah, my first pit, my well, my first memory um was actually um yeah, it was forever etched in my mind because of a picture um with um, a bit like yourself, but it was with a I won't say rip off, I'll say inspired uh, Legion of Doom gimmick. Um and many years later, after I found that picture, um, it turned out to be um, Ricky Knight himself. Um, uh, I, th- yeah, I know, right? Incredible. It, it was full, full armor and and face makeup and everything. Um, and yeah, so yeah, it was my first experience of uh, being ringside, um, watching that show. My mum was actually volunteered and dragged out of the crowd to be the the bucket the bucket lady for for one of the wrestlers. Um, and she was thoroughly humiliated by the, um, by, by this. Um, and yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, so it was just an impressionable 10 year old sitting in the crowd. Um, and yeah, it was just, I remember there was like a sting rip off gimmick with a guy with a baseball bat and another jacket. And it just, it just made me go out and then want to find more of, of this, this wondrous um, entertainment source. Um, but yeah, I've since, um, confronted uh, Ricky Knight with that photo and, um, yeah, we both had a good laugh about that. It was um, a good laugh. It was, yeah. Um, but, yeah, um, i say camp camp show wrestling still, thankfully, is, is going strong today. Um, I think it's a very important part of, of, of British wrestling. Um, yeah, and so, thankfully, it's still going today because if it wasn't for that, then I kind of probably wouldn't have, have been where, where I am now, to be honest. Yeah, it's good fun. Again, going from watching
1: those shows at the camps and you know local town halls and stuff like that and then you know learning and being able to go out and actually be on the other side of the ropes on those same shows in those same town halls it's just uh, yeah
0: it's something it's else isn't it huge it's absolutely huge but for for me last year when we did our we did a camp show run ourselves um that kind of Almost was a, one of the many circles full, that came full circle for me. Where obviously, as a ten-year-old watching camp camp show wrestling, and then like being lucky enough to be part of that that up when we did a tour of um, Cornwall and Devon last year was was yeah it was a real real moment for me. Um, yeah, good times. Awesome. So I think that's
1: um, pretty much it for. Um... Our childhood stories, our influences, our early days—you know, sort of learning the ropes. Well,
0: what we can remember in these this this half an hour we've been this first half an hour, but I'm sure there are will be many tales that we've probably forgotten about that will come up in the in the coming weeks, no doubt. Oh, for sure. I mean, although
1: I actually only started training in Jan 2013, so oh, can't even remember what age I was at that point I, I distinctly remember at 16 um, again at the weekend watching wrestling um, and reading the Daily Star I think it was, <laughs> what what was the name of the column uh, Fighting Talk, that was it Fighting Mate. Talk column in Daily Star, I used to collect those but oh. I, rem- I remember at the time uh, vaguely seeing an ad for Jake the snake roberts opening up a training school at that time so again it's quite a number of years ago now what, 14 something years um, and just me sitting there thinking oh I wish I had I wish I had a local school I wish I had a local school and sort of looking on the internet at the time and um looking for for schools locally and I, there was just nothing i was gutted back, yeah I, back then
0: I, was was hard it was real hard to find a school
1: I think that was, that was the, the gap, wasn't it? So if the, the, there were schools, there were great schools about, but if you didn't have a means of getting to them, you, you didn't have a hope. And
0: no. At, at
1: 16, sadly, between school and starting my first Saturday job and stuff like that, there was just no chance of me being able to get lifts to and from uh, a training school hours and hours away. But, yeah, I was um, gutted.
0: Um Well, that's one I think, and then I know we're going to try and wrap this, this section up now, but it was. I think that's one for me. One of the big, big differences, even, even from when I started nearly four years ago, was the amount of schools and great places you can now go and access the high quality um, training compared to, to four or five years ago. It's probably even the gap now even probably got even wider. You know, since since you started, as yeah. you say, it was hard back then, and now it's got to a point where it's, oh, say easy to find. But oh. it's yeah, it's, it's 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 certainly an exciting time to be part of British wrestling. And it's so easy to access
1: now. Um, if, if, if you don't drive. Uh, learn <laughs> um but otherwise you know there's a lot within
0: wherever you are in the country you can transport really links yeah exactly it's probably if you can find somewhere um that's that's, that's as i said is is high quality and and you know fun safe learning environment definitely and if you're sort
1: of sat there and you're listening to this and you haven't yet started your journey but you'd like to give it a go Drop us a shout, give us a message. Um, we know of schools up and down the country that we could sort of recommend and put you in contact
0: with the, the coaches there. Um, but just plug, yeah. plug, 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 plug. I believe you offer one-to-one sessions at Square One as well, don't you? In in the local, <laughs> local <area. laughs> yeah. If you're in Bed, if you're in Bedfordshire, Hartfordshire, yeah. give me a shout. Yeah, absolutely.
1: <laughs> um, but yeah, talking talking about the wider sort of. Uh, wider well, scene there's absolutely tons of great yeah. scores um but yeah that that's that's uh brad tannen and my own uh start in wrestling it's now that time of the show ladies and gents where i hugo bloom review my product of the week this week I am reviewing a line of protein bars manufactured by Optimum Nutrition. I'm sampling two flavours. The first is chocolate caramel, and the second, cookies and cream. Both varieties are very smooth in texture and, most importantly, very tasty, whilst packing in a generous 20 grams of protein in every 60 gram bar. With no added sugar, these are a great way of getting your protein levels up as part of a balanced diet. The chocolate caramel flavour, just 203 calories. Cookies and cream, slightly higher at 213 calories. But what's 10 calories between friends, right? These are a surefire hit when it comes to snacking or a post-gym boost. And if you want to learn more about where you can find them, just message us on the Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash heavyweightheartbreakers and we can give you all the info on where you need to go to get yours.
0: It's time for the tip of the week For when the tip is more than enough And this week is brought to you by Brad Tannen. My tip of the week this week is the the Backblade 2.0 Shout out to all those hairy workers out there This thing will change your life Best thing for grooming I've ever bought. You won't regret it. Backblade 2.0. Next week, we are joined by
1: British Wrestling Royalty, a legend and close friend of ours, Johnny Storm. Johnny's been a mainstay in British wrestling for 23 years, debuting in 97, and he's worked for some of the largest wrestling promotions in the world, including TNA, where he featured in the X Division, Ring of Honour, and CZW, and has travelled across the globe to entertain the fans. You can join him and us next week, so submit some questions via our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash heavyweightheartbreakers, and don't forget to like the page and even share it with your friends. That's all for this week, folks. Thank you, and stay safe.